Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 161 of my podcast for January 8th, 2013. My guest today is Steve Bell, author most recently of the book titled Run, Grow, Transform, Integrating Business and Lean IT. Steve's a faculty member for the Lean Enterprise Institute, and he's also the founder of Lean4NGO.org, an organization that works with nonprofits in the developing world. He's also the founder of Lean IT Strategies, LLC, where he coaches IT professionals as they partner with their business colleagues to meet the challenges and exploit the opportunities in a rapidly changing technology-enabled business landscape. So we're going to be talking about all things Lean IT today. For more information and for links related to this post, you can go to leanblog.org slash 161. Well, Steve, it's great talking to you again, and it's a pleasure to have you as a guest on the podcast today. Thank you for the invitation, Mark. It's good to be here. So we're going to be talking about your your work and uh, in, in your book. Maybe if you could first introduce yourself and, and your background to the audience and uh, how you got started with Lean. I'd be happy to. Um, I'll go back to the very beginning. I was raised in Michigan, and so I grew up with real firsthand awareness of the serious challenges that were happening in the auto industry in the 70s and the 80s. Then I graduated from University of Michigan in the 80s with a degree in finance and accounting, and I entered the accounting profession just as the personal computer was becoming popular. And so I found myself in the early beginnings of what would become later uh, the ERP industry. And I specialized in manufacturing, planning, and control systems, and MRP, became an instructor for an organization called Apex, and in the early 90s, started hearing from people on the shop floor questions about uh, people talking about flow and pull. And the software people, the people writing MRP at that time, thought they just needed more planning and control systems mm-hmm. and complexity. Uh, it took us years to figure out what was really going on. As Lean matured, I became one of the first instructors for Apex when they introduced their new lean manufacturing curriculum. That led to my first book, uh, which I published in uh, 2006, where I explored the relationship of lean and ERP, particularly but not exclusively in manufacturing, because there was so much waste and remains to this day so much waste in ERP. The success of that book led to a deeper exploration in enterprise IT in general, which led to the second book, Lean IT, which was awarded Shingo Prize a couple of years ago. That's where I opened up into a broader exploration of agile software development, IT service management, project management, and the whole uh, broad scope of what IT offers the uh, modern enterprise. And so that's sort of what led me uh, to where I am today, having just released my latest book, which uh, looks at uh, IT from a broader enterprise uh, value stream perspective. And and the title of the book, again, for people who want to go find that is Run, Grow, Transform. Uh, you know, Steve, it's interesting you know, to hear about your background. I always find it fascinating to you know run across people who have come into lean uh, in, through a path other than, say, industrial engineering. You know, uh, David Mann has uh, got a social science background, as, as does Jeffrey Liker, and, and to have you know, your, your background with uh, with accounting, um, I'm, I'm sure that kind of provides a different perspective, do you find, um, compared to other people that you work with? 
I really believe it does. You know, no matter how you find yourself in the lean practice, no matter in what industry, I think it's human nature to first focus on the mechanics of lean, the tools and the techniques. Uh, but when you've really practiced lean for a while, when you've really uh, integrated it into the way you think and act on a daily basis, you realize no matter where you're practicing lean or agile, in a hospital, in a bank, in a manufacturing shop floor, it's about thinking, it's about how you address problems, and ultimately it's about how you work with people in teams. And I think that's that's universal. So you can come at lean from any background in any discipline uh, and find yourself a part of the broader lean community. Yeah, and so you know the things you talk about there are you know great general lean thinking, lean management principles that I think you know most of the listeners, regardless of their backgrounds here, would would recognize. Um, so can you talk a little bit? You know, why is lean thinking powerful or important? You know, within the realm of IT. Okay. Well, nowadays, it's not surprising to anyone that most industries rely on skilled utilization of information systems. For example, in healthcare, you're very familiar with the uh, impact that electronic medical records have made in the last few mm -hmm. years when they're adopted properly. In financial services, IT is really now the shop floor of banking, and there are many disruptive business models in, uh, in financial services that are utilizing internet and mobility. Um, and in manufacturing, many, if not most products these days, whether you're in aerospace or automotive or consumer appliances, have a significant amount of technology embedded in them. Today's automobiles and kitchen appliances, for example, are, have become a platform for sophisticated software and network integration. And so, and then the relationship a manufacturer or anyone in industry has with their customers through the internet, through social networking, through mobility, through collaboration tools and communication tools. Uh, IT has really changed the whole game in terms of how we add value to our customers. And so no matter what industry, it really is important to master those IT capabilities, which begs a second question, which is what are IT capabilities? It seems like a simple question, but in my experience, IT has evolved to have four important and distinct aspects. The one that we most often think about is information and information systems that enable business processes. Our ERP systems, our business intelligence systems, those things that help us run the business better. But then there's also the information gathering and analysis, uh, business intelligence, analytics, uh, a realm of data analysis that's coming about now that we're exposing so much of our activity and our behavior on the internet that's becoming more and more powerful. I mentioned earlier the third aspect, which is technology incorporated in it all aspects of product design and the way we relate and interact with our customers. And then finally, as just a general medium for information exchange and communication and collaboration, within our enterprise and with our customers in the larger marketplace. And so when you look at those four very diverse aspects to the direction that IT is going, um, we realize that uh, mastery of those capabilities is a way to really add value to the customer and to, and to uh, differentiate ourselves from our competitors in a meaningful way. Yeah, and you use the word value. I thought it was interesting. You know, and, and Early in the book, you were talking about the idea of you know lean IT value, and in 
you know, correct me if I if I if I took this wrong, but you're saying you know, there, there is no value in the IT function that that the IT function is enabling the business to provide real customer value. And so can, can you kind of comment on that and, and maybe expand on that to talk about you know, what, what your definition of, quote unquote, lean IT would be? I, I would. Yes. Um, there are only a few businesses where IT constitutes the value proposition itself. You could suggest a company like Google hmm. might be a case where their their sole reason for existence is the technology. You might even argue, argue Amazon. But I would say that what Amazon really is, is a highly optimized uh, supply chain organization uh, that could not have done what it did without technology. So in the end, lean thinkers always go back to the customer. What do they want? What do they value? How do we give it to them better, faster, cheaper, and with a better experience? And so to understand what lean IT is, it really starts by understanding the relationship that IT capabilities have with the business and with the end customers that we deliver value to, because that is, after all, the purpose of whatever it is we're in business for. And when you talk about that relationship of the business with IT, it's very interesting. A lean thinker learns that a business is made up of silos. In the horizontal flow of value, uh, the process often controls multiple, crosses multiple silos, like finance, procurement, HR, sales, marketing, engineering, finally delivering a product or service into the hands of the customer. And oftentimes people in the business think of IT as just another one of those vertical silos. And in a way it is, but when you really develop a deeper understanding of what a, an IT organization does, you find that IT itself is made up of its own mm -hmm. silos. And so to really develop a working relationship with IT, the people in the business need to have a basic understanding of the functions of IT and so to, to understand how to work with them. And there are really two basic elements to an IT organization. There are the operations and there are what we might call application services. The operations is keeping the servers, the databases, the networks, the desktops, the communications, keeping the lights on. And most IT organizations spend a staggering over 80% of their annual budget just on these basic uh, standardized behaviors. And oftentimes they're not very standard. Uh, they're often uh, quite unstable because there are many legacy architectures that have been built on top of each other over the years. And the challenge from a lean perspective is to build operational excellence into that, to, to improve performance, standardization, reliability. Now, there are some frameworks out there that have been used in the industry for years for IT service management, the most popular being called ITIL, I-T-I-L which is a disciplined uh, approach to operations management. And lean, and lean IT is becoming a very important part in the curriculum of ITIL practitioners because they realize that a good management framework for IT services isn't enough. You also need those practices and behaviors of cross-functional problem solving that lean brings to the table to really bring the the value out of IT operations. So that's that's one. The other side is application services, the delivery of those applications that actually helps the, uh, the business do what it needs to do. And that breaks down into two categories. There are those businesses that predominantly use off-the-shelf software. I would say healthcare and financial services mm -hmm. being two, where a lot of what they do is run by off-the-shelf ERP systems, 
healthcare information systems that you buy and you integrate and then you manage the change going forward. And then there are other industries that rely almost predominantly on custom developed software. And in both cases, it's an issue of change management. And here's where the world of Agile and Scrum come in, which are derived and really share the same principles as lean thinking. Mm. In fact, Agile and Scrum, if you trace their origins way back, they came from the same place where lean product development came from. Whereas if you look at the origins of IT operations in lean with ITIL, you're really going back to the origins of lean in operations and the Toyota production system. So you're looking at really two sides of the coin, lean operations and lean development as being complementary but subtly different. And they're both needed in a functioning IT organization. So I'm curious to hear, um... What are some examples out there, um, companies, organizations using lean IT practices? What, what are some of the, uh, you know, what would you consider a good success story in that realm? Okay. I'll give you one example from both of those domains that I just mentioned. Um, the uh, We just completed late last year uh, two lean IT summits, one in Europe in Paris in November and one in North America in Orlando in October, and I'll share a story from at the European Lean IT Summit. Philippe Lagnes, who is the chief technology officer of one of the larger banks in Europe, BNP Paribas, shared a number of success stories with us of applying lean to the IT operations and infrastructure domain. And the interesting story he shared was they, they're a very sophisticated organization. They've been on the continuous improvement journey for many years using popular IT industry frameworks like the uh, CMMI maturity model, ISO models, and ITIL. But it was, wasn't until lean thinking brought everyone together focused on process improvement and value to the customer using basic problem-solving disciplines that lean brings to the table that he really didn't see it all come together. And in just one example he shared in his, in his uh, presentation, delivery dates on this project almost instantly became more reliable. Customers' uh, satisfaction improved over 20% almost immediately. And his backlog of open requests and incidents on this particular system went from over 250 to zero in just three months. Mm. So by applying lean and, and you could say Kaizening the whole situation just once, he stabilized the whole situation and brought everybody together on the same page. So that was a pretty remarkable story on the operations engineering side. And then at the North American Lean IT Summit in Orlando, Tom Pater of Nationwide Insurance um, shared his success stories of applying both agile development and lean management system principles. You mentioned David Mann earlier, and there was a lot of David Mann in his presentation that not only accelerated their development operations and reduced application defects by over 90%, and significantly reduced end-user downtime. But in addition to those technical advantages, the lean management system they put in place established a strong linkage, both directing development towards uh, aligning with enterprise strategy and maintaining daily accountability directly uh, with senior leadership on key projects. So that was a great example of Agile and Lean aligning together from an overall enterprise perspective. Okay, thanks. And 
Yeah, you mentioned, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit because I think some of the listeners might not be familiar with some of these different terms that get thrown around. If you can kind of help, you know, kind of tie things together. You mentioned um, Scrum as a development method. You mentioned Agile. You know, I've done a couple of podcasts um, with Eric Reese and some others about the Lean Startup methodology. I mean, yeah. how, how do you see this all fitting together? Um, what, what, what's your view on that? It's it's all, well, we're all with, with different disciplines, IT operations, IT development, product development, project management. We're all coming at this from different backgrounds, but we're all finding ourselves deeply rooted in the same lean principles and practices. I'm a real fan of lean startup, and I know, Mark, you were mm-hmm. a contributor to that and helped Eric with that. Um, in a very, 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 very small way, but... <laughs> Well, well, okay, but but um, I, and you've been a, a you've been a real proponent of his ever yeah. since. Um, lean startup is an embodiment of lean thinking in conditions of extremely high uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, Silicon Valley venture capital startups, and lean startup has become really popular in the agile community. Agile, I would say, is an embodiment of lean thinking and practice applied to the art of, and the science of software development, application development. And like I said, a lot of the origins of it and the thinking of it came originally from the same sources that lean product development came from. If you were to read uh, something uh, Jeffrey Liker wrote on mm-hmm. to, uh, Toyota Development System or others who have, uh, who have explored uh, product development. And so the same principles of breaking a large problem down into small chunks and going through rapid adaptive learning, evolving or emergent learning, because in conditions of great uncertainty, which most projects, that, that's what you have, um, the last thing you want to do is confidently state you have a project plan, and 12 months later, you're going to produce this product. The whole idea behind it is you don't know. And the only way to approach a product development, whether it's software or new product or whatever, is to go about it step-by-step, hypothesis after hypothesis. And by doing that, you reach the right solution faster and with less burn of cash and effort and less risk than if you were to just confidently charge ahead on a predetermined project plan, which is sort of antithetical to the feeling of confidence we would like to have, but it's the way learning works. And I think that's what I particularly like about Lean Startup is the way Eric weaves those stories together about that. Now, Scrum is a particular discipline that sort of emerged within the Agile world, and Scrum is more about the prescriptive practices around team development, Mm -hmm. and it's become kind of pigeonholed as a technique within software development, but Scrum applies in any team practices, and I am actually right now working in one case where we're starting to blend Scrum and a lean management system together. Uh, many of the uh, principles of Scrum, such as product ownership, daily cadence, stand-up meetings, and other uh, techniques like this are very familiar within the lean management right. system world. So there really is so much crossover among these disciplines, but there's so much lean can learn from Agile and Scrum, and there's so much that Agile and Scrum can learn with lean that I... Uh, it's one of the things that I'm trying to do is to promote more shared learning among these communities. Well, yeah, I, I agree. There, there's a lot of opportunity to share, you know, from 
manufacturing, IT, banking, you know, uh, healthcare, you know, lean is lean. And we, you know, we find these kind of common threads, common themes and principles we, we can learn from, you know, and, and, and compare notes on. I think that's, that's really powerful. Um, yes. when I want to come back and, and talk a little bit about the book. One, one other thing I wanted to ask you about and, uh, and mention was uh, some classes and workshops that you're doing as uh, a faculty member with the Lean Enterprise Institute. Um, you have a, a Lean IT class that's being taught, I'm, I'm sure, many times this year, but it's going to be in yes. San Francisco, February 6th. I was wondering if you could talk about that workshop and, and what the plan looks like for the year. Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, yes, the Lean Enterprise Institute makes one uh, visit a year to San Francisco, and that's coming up February 6th of 2013. And I'll be presenting a one-day uh, Lean IT workshop that covers uh, at a very high level all of the topics that we're talking about here. Uh, talks about the Lean principles and practices. We assume some knowledge of Lean coming into the, the workshop. We'll typically have some agile practitioners in the class. We'll typically have some IT operations practitioners in the class. We'll have a, a many Kaizen leaders and business people. We'll occasionally have a senior executive in the room. And what I like to do with this workshop is start with who is in the audience? What industries are they coming from? What challenges do they have? What are their particular the levels of understanding about these various practices and then sort of guide the course to help them each individually learn what they need to know and at the same time encourage interaction among the audience members because oftentimes mm -hmm. I find the, the the best learning that the participants come from is when they're talking with each other they're they're, they're meeting other people on the journey and that's what I like particularly when LEI presents uh, their workshops um, because it attracts uh, very, very curious, very lean aware people to the table. So I'm looking forward. Yeah, well, good, good luck uh, you know, with the workshops. People can go to uh, lean.org and I'll post uh, a link to the workshop in the, uh, the show notes for this episode at uh, lean, leanblog.org um, slash 161. Um, Steve, uh, coming back to your book again, the, the titles Run, Grow, Transform, Integrating Business and Lean IT. What, what's the, uh, the, the story behind the name, Run, Grow, Transform? Well, the, as we have already talked about, of course, business relies on IT to drive both operational excellence and innovation. The key, though, is we need to do it both, to do them both. Um, there's so much emphasis these days on innovation, new markets, new business models, disruptive innovation. Virtually every industry right now is in the process of being disrupted in some way by technology and Internet and mobility. And so there's a lot of focus on innovation. But we cannot forget that it's not only sufficient to introduce an innovative product. But we've got to be able to bring it to market successfully. We've got to deliver mm -hmm. it to our customers make a profit on it, support those customers, and leave them wanting for more. And so one, sort of going off the track here a little bit, but everybody likes to point to Apple as being one of the examples of the most innovative company that we've seen. And it, that's true. They are consistently innovative. They seem to have an uncanny awareness of what the customer wants. But equally attributable to their success is the fact that they're quite operationally excellent in their supply chain, 
in their retailing and their distribution operations, Apple not only consistently delivers new products to the market, but they also take the profit on those new products and they don't leave much on the table for others. And so they're, an, they're a great example of an organization that is able to run their current operations effectively, grow their current business model, their customers, their products, their markets, and occasionally introduce a disruptive innovation, sometimes disrupting themselves and disrupting other industries. And the three need to happen together. And that's what I like to tie back to uh, Eric Rice's book, again, Lean Startup, because it's about dealing with uncertainty. In the disruptive space, in the innovative space, you have to deal with conditions of high uncertainty where you're innovating on a daily basis. And not all of your experiments are going to pay off. Um, in a growth mode uh, where you're uh, profiting, you're capitalizing on your current market position, there's a medium degree of uncertainty and you need to be able to work with that. And then in the run, in the operational space, you're trying to keep things stabilized, standardized, low variation, and you're trying to run things uh, in an operationally excellent way. And one mistake I see a lot of IT organizations make is they put one governance model and one risk model and they try to apply it to all areas of their operations. And by doing that, they're shortcutting one of those dimensions of uncertainty. So what I try to do with my new book is blend the disciplines of lean, of agile, of IT service management, um, and learn what each brings to the table in dealing with these varying degrees of uncertainty so companies can holistically run what they've got efficiently and consistently deliver new and innovative solutions to the marketplace. Um, and I think that uh, that is something that uh, most businesses are struggling with these days. Yeah, I mean, you know, Apple, does, I, I, I love Apple products and software. I'm recording this on a Mac. I, I, I use yes. Apple products all day long. And you know, there's, you're right, there's a lot of things they, they, they do well. I mean, I think the downside with Apple, you know, the thing that a lot of us kind of wring our hands over, and this could be a whole different podcast, so we don't need to get into, to get into it too much, is that you know part of that capturing of, of the total product cost comes from having products manufactured in China and arguably the, the, the working conditions you know, in the Foxconn factories for, for Apple and the products of their competitors are, um, are, are, are pretty bad. And so I think, yeah, that's, I think that the difference, you know, a lean factory, a Toyota factory in, in developing countries, I, I would presume would still, you know, would, would, would have, you know, kind of modern Western working conditions compared to, um, yes. to what they have in China. So, yes, uh, I, I would agree with you there. And that's uh, that is a subject for a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah. But um, one final thing we have time for, you know, talking about um, different countries. I, I really am interested in and I admire the work that you're doing. Um, it's an initiative of yours and your wife's called Lean for NGO. So I was wondering if you could tell the listeners um, a little bit about that and the work that you're doing in, in some different countries. I will. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk for a minute on this. Um, I've been involved uh, for many years now, my wife as well. Um, in various uh, nonprofit and NGO activities, particularly in the area of microfinance, which is uh, providing small loans and business uh, uh, skills development uh, to people in very poor countries in what you 
learn is that with a little bit of capital and a little bit of education, uh, a poor woman in a poor country can do amazing things, developing self-sufficiency, putting her children through school, keeping them fed and clothed. And I learned over the years that there is a, there are some significant parallels between lean empowerment, working with teams, continuous learning, continuous improvement, and what is so effective, not just in microfinance, but in economic development activities in general. And so a few years ago, um, we started very modestly a nonprofit organization called Lean for NGO. And there's a website out there, www.lean4, that's the number four, lean4ngo.org. And what it really is, is basically at this point a community. It'll point you to a LinkedIn group. Uh, we're adding members every day interesting discussions. The Lean Enterprise Institute is supporting this and has actually been active themselves in promoting uh, uh, lean partnerships with uh, local nonprofits within their own Boston community. Mm -hmm. There's stories from all over the world that is that are emerging. There's particularly a lot of activity right now in East Africa with one of the world's uh, largest uh, nonprofits, uh, World Vision. Right. And uh, doing a, a introducing a lot of lean and uh, six sigma thinking and practice into East Africa. So I think we're really on the front end of this. And what what I felt we needed first um, was a place where people could come together, identify themselves, network, share stories, share knowledge, share tools, and that's what the Lean for NGO uh, is all about right now. Is is this emerging community? And as more people start doing this um, and having success stories to share, what I hope we'll do is get the attention of more large NGOs and particularly the philanthropic funding organizations and governmental and non-governmental funding organizations that fund them who are particularly interested in outcomes and transparency and operational excellence. And the long-term vision of this is to say, wouldn't it be better if every nonprofit activity, no matter what it was, within your own community or in, or in some uh, place where it's desperately needed, such as East Africa, mm -hmm. um, had the benefit of these practices? And at the same time, those companies that are developing lean skills and capabilities and facilitators and coaches wouldn't it be a great development opportunity for you to invest uh, and send them to someplace in your own community or to send them someplace else in the world and learn hands-on applying and developing their own skills while at the same time serving the global community. So that's sort of the long-term intent of where this is going. And what I found is if there's one thing that all lean practitioners share, no matter what their backgrounds and what their industries we're all very generous people and we're all willing to share and willing to learn. And so I have high hopes for uh, for this in the future. Well, yeah, and uh, that certainly wish you, uh, you know, kind of, uh, good things in the future with those initiatives and encourage people to go check out uh, the website, lean, the number four NGO dot org. Um, Final thoughts, Steve, you know, what what final thoughts do you have? What advice would you have for a company that's just getting started uh, with lean IT? Well, first, I would suggest, um, as it always is in any industry, lean is a journey. 
and it must be done together. It must be done collaboratively. In this case, I'm talking about business and IT. Mm -hmm. We've gone through decades now of saying we need to align business and IT. We need to integrate business and IT. Well, there's a reason why they're separate, and it takes a deliberate effort to bring them together, to think together, to speak the same language together, to create a, a, a spirit of continuous collaboration, learning together. There's so much the business needs to learn about technology capabilities, and there's so much technologists need to learn about business needs and customer value, and that's only going to happen when they start coming together. It's not going to be easy, but we need to create the space and the time uh, and the coaching for that to happen. And the other thing I would suggest is everybody needs to learn how to see waste. Um, the moment you see it, you'll never be able to live with it again. But learning to see information waste is tricky because unlike in a physical environment, information waste is very hard to see. It's invisible. Right. right. And often, often we take it for granted. We just say, that's the way it is. <laughs> and learning to not accept the status quo, to understand how harmful and wasteful information waste is, uh, is the first step. So we need to learn to be dissatisfied with it. Um, and I'll just mention there's a, free download on my website, Appendix C from uh, the second book, Lean IT, which has several pages of examples of information waste. And I've had a number of people tell me that they printed that out and would hand a copy to everybody and then go on a waste walk and just mm -hmm. say, how many, kind of like a Where's Waldo game, how many wastes, how many information waste do you see on this waste walk? And that might be a good place to start, just create the awareness uh, that that waste exists and that there is something you can do about it. Well, thanks again, uh, Steve Bell, for joining us on the podcast, um, author of a number of books, including most recently, Run, Grow, Transform, uh, from CRC Press and Productivity Press, um, available um, a lot of different places online. And, and Steve, do you have any other um, websites or uh, contact info that you'd want to share with the listeners? Yep, I invite you to visit my own website. Uh, I have downloads on my various books and other content, uh, which is leanitstrategies.com. And uh, Mark, I especially appreciate the invitation to talk with you today and appreciate uh, all that you're doing sharing this knowledge with the lean community. Oh, well, thank you. It's uh, great, as always, talking to you, Steve. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.